Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry of Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out thelivingroomatl.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Hey, listen, I am so excited for tonight, and I love this setup. I love this vibe. I'm telling you, um, these acoustic nights are usually some of the most memorable nights every single semester. Like, I love these nights. I look forward to these nights. So thank you for being here, especially as it's like a monsoon outside. Like, I've been hearing, like, traffic's crazy and rain hasn't stopped. And it's Valentine's Day week, which I feel like I just needed to say that because there's some guy in here that's like, bro, thank you. Like, uh, you just saved me, bro. Like, this Friday is Valentine's Day. Like, fellas, make preparations if you need to. Like, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get to Friday and be like, happy Valentine's Day, by the way. That's not gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, we'll talk about that on another time. Uh, but hey, if we've never met before, my name's Matt, and I get to lead the living room here at Buckhead Church with an amazing team of people. And, I, and like I said, I'm, I'm really excited for tonight because tonight we're kicking off this brand new series called Follow. Follow. And come on, that's a word that is so common in today's culture, right? Like when you think of the word follow, you probably immediately think of social media. Like you think of Instagram or Twitter, or TikTok, I don't know. I think you follow on there. Like that's what comes to mind when you hear the word follow. In fact, it's, it's, it's pretty common in today's like language just, or just in normal interactions with people for someone to come up to you and like just meet you and be like, yo, like you should follow me. And you're like, cool, like what's your gram? Like let me get your handle, you know? And like you follow them right there and you don't even know them. I remember just like a few years ago, like four or five years ago probably, if someone would come up to you, especially someone you don't really know that well, and they would say like, hey man, like come follow me. You would be like, where? Like, where are you going? No, you know, but now it's just so common. And isn't it so true that we follow people for all different reasons? Like you might follow someone to, to spark inspiration in your life. You might follow someone for your daily dose of motivation. Like you love the quotes that they post. You love the workouts that they post. You might follow someone for a networking opportunity. Like maybe, you know, you feel like they have connections and they can open up doors and opportunities that maybe you couldn't get to, so you follow them to kind of network. Maybe you follow someone to obtain information. Like you follow like different news outlets or Sports Center, ESPN, whatever it might be to kind of get your information. Maybe you follow people to, to be entertained. Like you love the videos they post and, and you'll just spend way too much time on there just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and watching video after video after video and you just follow to be entertained. Maybe you follow to like become educated on a certain topic. Like I already mentioned, but maybe you follow to like get workouts or maybe you follow to like learn new recipes. Like you wanna become educated on whatever topic it might be. Maybe you follow honestly in hopes of finding your future husband or wife, you know? Like you, you follow someone, you're like, this could lead somewhere, we'll see, you know? But for as many reasons as we have to follow someone, we have just as many reasons to unfollow somebody. Like it's really easy to follow someone, but it's also just as easy to unfollow someone. In fact, the same button that you click to follow someone is the same button that you click to unfollow. And we unfollow people for all sorts of reasons as well. Maybe they stopped inspiring us. Maybe they're not posting as much motivating content anymore. Maybe we feel like we don't really need to network with them anymore. Like, I, I feel like I'm already past that now. They can't really help me. Maybe we already have information or we have a different source for our information now. Maybe we no longer wanna waste time on being entertained. 
Like some of you are like, yeah, like I just, it's not that it wasn't entertaining, I just unfollowed because I was spending way too much time being entertained and it was cutting into a lot of other things that should have been taken priority. Maybe you unfollow because you no longer need to be educated or you already have the education on whatever topic it might be. Or maybe you unfollow because now you're dating someone and you better not be looking for your future husband or wife on the gram anymore, you know? And they're like, yeah, get off there. Like unfollow that person ASAP. You can follow someone for a season. You can follow someone from a distance. Like you don't have to know them well or even at all. You can follow when it's convenient for you. You can follow when you feel like it or you can just unfollow whenever. You can just unfollow and be like, oh, just whatever, I'll just forget it even happened. Like we follow and unfollow, follow and unfollow. It's just a part of life. It's really not that big of a deal. Like that is the way the word follow is viewed in today's culture. It's just, what's, what's the big deal? You follow or you unfollow, follow, unfollow. So it's no wonder, it should come as absolutely no surprise that these words I'm about to show you here in just a second on the screen, that these words are kinda hard to take seriously. It's these words right here. The words of Jesus, follow me. And you hear that and you think, really? Follow me? Like, what does that even mean? Are you mean like literally, are we going somewhere? Like follow you like right now or like in the future? Like, hold on, like for a lot of us, if, if Jesus were to actually come up to us today and say, hey, follow me, we would say probably something along these lines of like, okay, cool, like let me check you out. How many followers do you have? Okay, you got quite a few followers. You, that's impressive, wow. Um, what, what you post? Oh, good content, but man, you, you could get a better camera, you know? Like you need some better quality pictures, you know? Uh, all right, Jesus, here's the deal. I'm gonna follow you, but I'm expecting a follow back. If I don't get a follow for follow and it messes up my ratio, I'm gonna be real mad. And so like, does that sound kind of crazy to you? Like, are you kind of like, come on, bro, like this is, this is insane. Because it should, it should, because that is not the intended meaning of the word follow. Like we've kind of hijacked the meaning of the word follow, but do you know what the word follow actually means? This is the definition of follow. To follow means to move behind in the same direction. To follow means you're moving behind someone, you're following after them in the same direction. So when you're following someone, it means you're gonna start to look like them a little bit. Like not physically, but your life is gonna start to align with the values that they have. You're gonna end up in the places where they're going. To follow means you're moving behind in the same direction. But when we think of the word follow, we don't think of it this way usually. When we think of follow, we think, well, we follow for convenience, not like calling. Like we follow someone because it's convenient, not because we're looking for like a calling and a direction for our lives. We follow for inspiration, not for imitation. Like we just wanna be inspired, but we wanna be our own person. We don't wanna follow someone to like start to look like them and be exactly like them. We follow just to watch, not to actually walk in the direction where they're walking. But the reality is we all follow someone or something. Every single person in this room, whether you wanna admit it or not, you follow someone or something. And it's really important to know who or what you're following because who you follow will shape who you're becoming. It'll shape your values, which over time will shape your character. Who you follow will begin to shape your priorities in life. 
and who or what you follow will cost you something. It might cost you time, it might cost you energy, it might cost you some relationships, it might even cost you some money. Even if something is free, I'm telling you, it will cost you something. So here's the question that I wanna ask you tonight. It's this question right here, who or what are you following? Who or what are you following? And the follow-up question to this that I wanna ask you is this right here, is it worth it? Who or what are you following? And it's who or what you're following, is it worth it? And here's really the goal of this series. This is a three-week series, and I hope you come for every single week. I'm telling you, it's gonna get better and better. But here's the goal for this series. The goal is that we can redefine what it actually means to follow, and we can discover what's actually worth following wholeheartedly with our lives. That we can redefine what it means to follow and discover who or what is actually worth following. At the start of this year, so start of January, like a month ago, I um, knew that I needed to like get in better shape physically. So like over the last like six or seven months, um, uh, actually like last 18 months, let's say that, I just like hadn't been working out, like literally hadn't gone to the gym in so long, hadn't really done much physical activities, uh, at least not like intentionally, you know, like sometimes I'd jump in on like a basketball game or something, but nothing like intentionally planned. And not only that, like I just hadn't been eating well at all. Like and if there was, you know, candy, cool, I'm eating candy. If there's donuts, I'm eating a donut. If there's ice cream, I'm eating ice cream. Like just saying no to absolutely nothing, you know, just if it's there, yes, eating it and eating a lot of it. Like, and so I just wasn't feeling good and I got got to the end of 2019 and I'm like, man, I need to make some changes. Like this is, you know, I don't feel good and I know I'm in bad shape and like, I wanna change this, you know? And so start of January, I knew that the first thing I wanted to focus on was I wanted to focus on eating better. Like this for me was like the first thing. And so I knew I needed to do something like kind of intense, something I've maybe never done before in my life. So I started doing this diet. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. It's called Whole30. Any, anybody, anybody done Whole30 before? Okay, like three of you, that's cool. There's a reason for that because it's terrible. Uh, so, so Whole30, if you don't know, you've probably heard of diets similar. Maybe you've done one similar, maybe you haven't. Whole30, essentially, you just kind of eat like fruits and veggies and meat. You stay away from like processed food and dairy and sugars and all that type of stuff, something like that. And so I did pretty good with it. Like over the, the month, the whole, the 30 days, like I did pretty, pretty well. Like I tried to stick to it. And at the end of the month, I started feeling a lot better. Well, then February rolled around and I felt like, okay, like I, I kind of am eating right now, like got my, you know, making better decisions. So February rolled around and I'm like, look, January was the month of, of shedding and February is gonna be the month of shredding. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> some of you are getting that later, shedding, shredding. And so I'm like, look, I'm gonna get shredded. And my wife is like, this is hilarious, you know? Um, because this might be hard for you to believe, but I actually used to work out. Yeah, and uh, it's been a while, right? And so, um, so I went back to the gym in February, literally the first, I had had a membership for like the last few years, but it was the first time I've been there in like a year. And they're like, oh, Mr. Not Matt, what's, I, we thought, oh, we just, okay, okay. You know, like they didn't know what to say to me when they saw me come in, you know? And uh, so I walk in and I'm working out and I'm like, okay. And like, I, when I say I used to work out, like that was like, you know, years ago, but years ago back in like high school, when I would work out, <laughs> I remembered immediately what, what it felt like back then. Because really three things came quickly to the surface and you know what they were? I felt exhausted, I felt extreme pain, 
and I felt like I may not be able to move tomorrow morning. Exhaustion, extreme pain, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to move tomorrow morning. In fact, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like, you know, move when I get out of my car to walk into my house, you know, like that's how bad it was. And so the people who are like the trainers at the gym, the people who are supposed to be like motivating you and keeping you from quitting, uh, one of the guys comes over and he's like, man, like good to see you again. I'm like, yeah, I kind of know him, you know? And he's like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, well, let me just, you know, be real clear. I feel exhausted. I feel um, like every muscle in my body is gonna tear apart. And I feel like I'm not probably gonna be able to move tomorrow. And you know what he said in response? That's good, that's good, man, way to go, bro. Like, it's working. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on, man. Like, I don't think you really heard me. Like, you're not listening. I told you I'm exhausted, I'm in pain, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk tomorrow morning. And he's like, no, 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 I I heard you. You're telling me how you feel, and I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I know, and you're telling me what you feel. And you know what I realized, like not in that moment, but later on that week, I realized that that's everything in life that's actually worth doing. Anything in life that is worth doing, anything that actually brings significant results and significant gains in your life, you are going to walk through moments and seasons, maybe most of the time, that seem really, really hard and really, really difficult, and you're gonna feel like, I don't wanna do this. And if you allow your feelings to determine whether or not you're gonna move forward, then you're never gonna go very far. Because as soon as it starts to hurt, as soon as it gets a little bit difficult, you know what you're gonna do? The same thing I did. You're gonna back out and not step back into the gym for two years. But if you say, you know what? It's not about what I feel. It's about what I know. And what I know is that this is good for me. What I know is that I'm gonna walk through pain, but this pain is gonna make me stronger. This pain is gonna move me forward. And in fact, that's what I wanna title this this talk tonight. What I know, not what I feel. What I know, not what I feel. And in order to get us where we need to go over the next 15 minutes or so that we have together tonight, I want us to dive in and look at a story that's found in the Gospel of Matthew. But before we dive right in, I need to give you a little context. Uh, Jesus had had started his, his ministry here on earth and he had been going all around from town to town, healing people, teaching people, doing all of these amazing things. And everywhere that Jesus went, a crowd followed. And so Jesus had just healed this paralyzed man, this amazing moment. There was this crowd of people there. And once he had finished healing this man, it was starting to get dark. And so the crowd is dispersing. People are heading back to their hometowns. And so Jesus is moving on to the next town. And this is where the story picks up in Matthew chapter nine, verse nine. It says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. So we need to pause right here. Jesus is is traveling to the next town. And he sees this man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. So Matthew is a tax collector. And this is important to note because a tax collector was viewed as a notorious sinner. Like a tax collector was someone who would work hand in hand with the Roman government. And the Roman government would say, you need to go around and collect this amount of taxes from each person. But whatever you can get on top of that, you can keep. So these tax collectors would essentially cheat people out of money. So they were viewed as traitors, they were viewed as thieves, they were hated. And this is who Matthew is. And look at what happens next. 
says, Jesus looks at him and says, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. So Jesus walks by this man, he sees Matthew and he stops. He says, hey, Matthew, follow me. And what happens? Matthew doesn't ask questions. Matthew doesn't say like, excuse me, who are you? Matthew doesn't do any of that. Matthew just says, all right. And he gets up and follows him and leaves everything behind. Story goes on. Says while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples, his closest followers. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, we're gonna pause, right, or actually we'll finish it. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? They could not comprehend this. They couldn't understand. So in the, let's just start with the first part of this. Why did Matthew get up and, and follow Jesus? Like, why would he have done that? Did he even know who this man was? Well, more than likely, he had probably heard stories of Jesus, like crowds followed Jesus everywhere. So more than likely, Matthew had heard about this man. He would have for sure known that Jesus was a rabbi. A rabbi was a religious teacher and Jesus would have been someone who taught Jewish law. And to be asked to be followed by a rabbi was a massive deal because the only people who would be asked to be followed by a rabbi were the best of the best of the best. People who, who would have trained their entire lives to get to this point. And so if you would get an invitation from a Jewish rabbi to be followed, if, if a rabbi would come to you and say, hey, come follow me, you wouldn't hesitate. Like this would be the offer of a lifetime. You would go immediately. So it would make complete sense that Matthew follows him. And then Matthew follows him and Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna come eat dinner with you at your house, and there's all these other tax collectors and sinners, all of Matthew's crew there with them. And the Pharisees, these religious leaders of the day, the people who were self-righteous and thought they had it all together, they see this and they're like, what is he doing? Does he not know who's he, who he's associating with? Tax collectors? Sinners? Like this is, this is ridiculous and they go straight, not to Jesus, but straight to his followers, to his disciples and they're like, hey, who does he think he is? Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Let me just stop here for a second. Some of you in the room tonight, right now you'd say that you're not a follower of Jesus and there could be a whole list of reasons as to why. Maybe you have doubts, maybe you're skeptical, maybe you just don't believe for whatever reason. Maybe you feel like you've been burnt by faith. I don't know what the reason might be. But what I do know is for some of you, the reason very well could be that you've been around people who claim to be Jesus followers and you think if that's what it means and what it looks like to be a Jesus follower, then I want no part of that. Maybe some people who look and talk kind of like the Pharisees. Some people who say, man, I follow Jesus, I follow Jesus, and then you look at the way they live, you look at the way they treat other people and the way they talk about other people, the way they, either, they even treat themselves, and you think if that's what it means to follow Jesus, then I am not in for that. But here's what's amazing. Look at the way Jesus responds to the question that the Pharisees asked. Check this out. On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus says, hey, 
I didn't come to call the righteous, I came for sinners. Essentially what Jesus is saying here is I did not come for the people who wanna trick themselves into thinking that they're close to perfect. No, I came for those who know they're not. And I love this story so much because it clearly shows us three things. And the first thing it shows us is this, is that everyone is invited. Everyone is invited into a relationship with Jesus. Jesus looks at every single person and says, follow me. You don't have to be the best of the best. Matthew was a tax collector. If you look at the other people, Jesus' other disciples, the ones he asked to follow him, they had their issues. None of them were perfect people. Everyone is invited. The second thing it shows us is this right here. No one is disqualified. Everyone is invited and no one is disqualified. God will always use what you have. Think about this. I love this in this story, the calling of Matthew. Matthew gets up and follows Jesus. He leaves everything else behind. But you know the one thing Matthew took with him? It's easy to miss this in the story. He, he probably would have took with him like a pen or he could have easily had access to a pen. And do you know what Matthew was really skilled at because of his profession? He was a tax collector. So he was really skilled at documenting things and keeping track of things and writing things down. And Jesus knew this. So what did Jesus do with Matthew? He said, Matthew, you're gonna, keep, you're gonna follow me everywhere and you're gonna keep track of all the things that I'm doing, all the things that I'm saying and teaching people, all the miracles I perform. And Matthew, you're gonna write this down and you're gonna record the first gospel, the first story that is gonna tell people the good news of Jesus. And here we are thousands of years later talking about it. Jesus took what Matthew had and he said, I'm gonna use that in a way that you could never even imagine. The only prerequisite that I can find to following Jesus is to know you have a need that only he can fill. That's it. No one's disqualified. Everyone is invited. No one is disqualified. And anything is possible. Anything is possible. Jesus chose 12 average, ordinary men to come follow him. Normal people like you and me. And do you know what happened with these 12 men? They changed the world. They changed the world. And do you know why? Because when you're in the presence of Jesus, anything is possible. There's someone in the room tonight who doesn't believe this right now. You think you are disqualified. You think you're not invited. You, you think, no, Matt, like you don't understand. If you knew my situation, you'd be saying, oh, I don't know if, if there's possibilities for you there. No, 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 no. That might be how, how maybe I would feel, but I can guarantee you that's not how God feels. Because God says everyone is invited, no one is disqualified, and anything is possible. Tonight, you might be in the room and you may feel unlovable right now. You might feel hopeless. You might feel anxious. You might feel lost, you might feel sad, you might feel really hurt right now, you might feel just confused about everything. And can I just tell you this? What you feel is real, it just may not be facts. What you feel right now, I don't wanna minimize it. I don't wanna disqualify it. What you feel is absolutely real. It just may not be facts. Your feelings aren't facts. Your feelings will lie to you. 
Your feelings will come and go. They will change. What you feel is real. It just may not be facts, but you know what is facts? is the truth of who Jesus is. And that's what you need to know tonight. While you might feel unlovable, you need to know that Jesus says, you are so lovable, you are worth dying for. God sent his one and only son to die for you. You might feel hopeless, but you need to know that there's hope. You might feel anxious right now, worried. You need to know that Jesus offers peace in the midst of the storm. You might feel lost, but Jesus says, I am going to pursue you with the reckless love and I'm going to chase you down until you're found. You might feel an immense sadness right now. And you need to know that Jesus says, I can bring joy in the midst of pain. You might feel hurt, but you need to know that Jesus heals hurt. You might feel confusion, but you need to know that Jesus brings clarity in spite of confusion. Following Jesus is about what I know, not what I feel. Following Jesus is about what I know, not what I feel. If you rely on your feelings to move you forward in your relationship with Jesus, then I'm telling you, you are not going to go very far. So many of us, our generation is craving to go deeper. Like we want depth. We don't just want shallow surface level conversations. We want depth in, in every area of our life, including in our spiritual lives when it comes to our relationship with God. But you know what? We're never gonna find depth if we keep just moving forward and following based on our feelings because your feelings won't let you go deep because as soon as you start to go a little bit deeper, guess what? It starts to get a little bit messier and you're gonna be like, oh, no, I want out of that. But following Jesus is about what I know, not what I feel. A couple of weeks ago on February 1st, to be exact, I took my, uh, my daughter, Willow, um, on our very first daddy-daughter date night. And uh, we had to sign up. I had to buy a ticket. Uh, it, was a, it was awesome. It was at Chick-fil-A. Uh, how romantic is that? And um, she was probably the only girl under the age of nine in the room, but I didn't care. And she's 16 months old, by the way. And so we're sitting there and I'm like, man, conversation's hard because you don't speak. But, uh, you know, we're like playing games with each other and it's amazing, you know, and here's, here's a picture just because I know some of you are wanting to see it. Uh, that's, that's me and Willow, right? So we're dressed up, maybe a little overdressed for Chick-fil-A. I don't know. But it was amazing. Like I, I get there and I was so excited and we check in and Chick-fil-A went on and above. I'm telling you, like they had this place decked out. They had a photo booth. Like you literally checked in with a receptionist. They turned this into like a restaurant. They took your order. They brought you out like food on plates, you know? And like you, I paid $28 for the two of us, but I was like, you know, this is awesome. And I got like four milkshakes and three sandwiches and I just got off whole 30. It was awesome. Um, but I get home that night and actually I'm driving home and, and you know, I'm talking to Willow and I'm getting kind of like emotional just cause that's what you do when you're a dad, I guess. And you know, having these conversations and I'm like, Willow, like I love you, you know, I wanna set the bar high for you. Don't let a man ever treat you bad, you know, otherwise we're gonna have problems. Like I'm, that's why I'm in the gym right now, honey, you know. <laughs> And we get home and we walk in and like she got a flower and Anne, my wife is waiting at the door and like she goes and shows the flower to Anne and Anne's like, this is amazing. And then like two seconds later, Willow like breaks the flower and I'm like, it's cool. Like my heart is now broken, but we saved it. And, and it was awesome. It was a great night, and, but it's getting kind of late. And Anne's like, all right, you know, we probably need to go. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So just before Willow like 
went down the hall to bed, to get ready for bed, I like got down on my knees kind of like this and I just was like, you know, hey Willow, I had so much fun tonight, like trying to wrap it up. I didn't think she was even gonna come to me. But she ran to me and Anne somehow captured the picture and this is the moment that took place. We have this amazing hug. It was, it was the greatest thing ever. And she doesn't always hug me like this, but for whatever reason this night, she did. And just a few minutes later, we go and put her down in her bed and I say the same thing that I say to her every single night just before we put her down in her crib. I whisper in her ear, I say, Willow, your daddy loves you, your daddy believes in you, and God is using you to do great things. Your dad loves you, your dad believes in you, and God is using you to do great things. There's someone in the room tonight that you feel like a mess but I need you to know that your heavenly father loves you, he believes in you, and he is using you to do great things. You need to know that your heavenly father loves you, he believes in you, and he's using you, he's working in your life to do great things. You might not feel it, but you need to know it. And he is saying to you tonight, follow me, follow me. I love you, I believe in you. I'm using you to do great things. The offer is on the table. He's extended the invitation. And for some of you, you just need to let go of your feelings for just a second. I'm not saying they're not valid or they're not important, but tonight you might need to just say, you know what? I'm gonna forget about what I feel. I'm gonna remind myself of what I know and I'm gonna move forward based on what I know, not what I feel. Because that's what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is based on what you know, not what you feel. Heavenly Father, in just a moment, we're gonna get to sing one more song called How He Loves. And God, it's a song that for me personally has, has wrecked my life. It's a song that I go back to time and time and time again, because God, I would be lying if I stood on this stage and looked out at hundreds of college age students. And I said, I never feel unlovable. I never feel lost. I never feel broken because that's just not true. Even just in the past few days, I felt that way. But God, when I acknowledge what I'm feeling, but then remind myself of what I know, some way, somehow, I have the strength to follow and to take my next step and to move forward. So God, tonight, I just pray that in these final few moments, as the band just sings a few melodies over us, I just pray that people in the room, your sons and your daughters would feel this and it would impact what they know. Maybe they walked in anxious, they walked in hopeless, they walked in fearful, and I pray that in this moment, even their feelings would change. That in this moment, maybe they have to fight for what they don't feel. But in this moment right now, as the band just goes into, yeah, he loves us, oh, how he loves us, and as they just sing that over us for a couple of minutes, I just pray that we soak it in. I pray that we soak it in in your heavenly name.